As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. This podcast is brought to you in part by Creative Live. Creative Live is an online learning platform featuring classes taught by industry leaders such as Nir Ayal and Alex Bloomberg. Go to creativelive.com forward slash rocketship and find some of our favorite classes, buy them and get 30% off. Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. I'm Joelle Goldman, and today I talked with Rob Walling, the founder of Drip. He shared how they have been focusing on customer success this past year and how it's really just transformed their business. They do a lot of upfront, very high-touch, hands-on work, getting on the phone, doing product demos, a bit of hand-holding, getting people set up right with the product, and it's proved to be 
incredible, both in terms of keeping people around, also bringing in and keeping bigger clients and getting a lot more word of mouth as well. He shares some great techniques in here, and I think you guys are really going to like this episode. Enjoy. Bench is an online bookkeeping service that provides you with tax-ready financial statements from professional bookkeepers. This week, I talked with Ada Vassaro, one of their senior onboarding specialists, to find out what she would tell someone who's currently doing their own books. Bookkeeping can be a stressful part of your life, and this is why Bench is here. Just think about all the time you could spend enjoying the things that you love instead of pouring over numbers on a spreadsheet. Go to bench.co forward slash rocket ship and get 20% off your first six months today. Rob, welcome back to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So it's been about a year, I think, since we last talked and I know a lot has changed with you. Catch us up on what you've been doing. Sure. So, you know, I've been continuing to to grow Drip, which is uh, marketing automation or email marketing software. And last time I came on the show... I talked about um, how you know how using an audience or how my audience had been helpful, and frankly, within a month or two of us recording that, Trip made a pretty heavy shift away from just basic email marketing software into higher end like marketing automation with tags and automation rules and all kinds of stuff. And and once we hit that, boy, we we hit product market fit right away, and the growth started started hitting us pretty, pretty good. So it's been a really fun year. It's been, I think about what, 12, somewhere between 12 and 15 months since we talked and there's been um, substantial growth. So the team's getting bigger and uh, really just having a ball. That's awesome. So uh, tell, tell me a little bit about why you decided to focus on kind of the customer success angle as an avenue for growth for you guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've had, customer success in place in one form or another since day one, because I knew that getting folks onboarded is just so critical to a SaaS app. Because if you can't do that, then you just, you basically churn out or you, you don't even churn, you just bleed people out before they ever convert to paying customers. And so the day we launched Trip two and a half, three years ago, I had basically, the customer success was an email nurturing campaign, you know, of basically helping folks get onboarded and, and get value out of the app. And that's the best we could do with two of us working on it. And then the next step was to build some in-app kind of wizards or, or guided setup that, that walks you through and helps set some stuff up. Once we, once we switched into being more of an automation platform, we started getting uh, high, some higher-end customers in terms of volume and, and price. And you know, you, you get a phone, you get a, an email that says, "Hey, I've, I'm going to be paying you $500 a month or $1,000 a month because of how large my list is." They really want to be able to talk to someone, even if they don't need it ongoing. Um, being able to get a phone call and have a conversation where you do a 15-minute walkthrough of your application and you show them you're a real company and they're real people on the other end. It's, it's night and day in terms of getting those types of folks interested in, in signing up and then getting them essentially successful, you know, getting them onboarded. Um, and so that was something I noticed right after we uh, started having more success towards the end of last year is that we were losing some deals because I didn't have the bandwidth to do everything and talk to everybody on the phone and actually do some, you know, more uh, active interactions. And that's when we started putting our heads together, like uh, our heads being Derek, my co-founder of, you know, how do we fix this? Can we hire somebody to, to step into this role? So that's, it sounds like that's kind of the um, 
pre-sign up, like before someone becomes a customer, you're getting on the phone and working with them to make sure it's a good fit and that you know they know you're there. What about once they sign up? What what happens like during the onboarding that you've changed to kind of help that stickiness? Yeah, it's it's really both. It's bo- both pre-trial and during the trial that. Um, our customer success person, her name's Anna, um, is is doing a lot of work with with especially the higher end customers. If it's pre trial, then we'll talk to uh, Anna. We'll talk to a lot of people. Once they're into the trial, then we we try to limit it more to people above a certain subscriber count, in essence, or who are going to pay us a, a certain amount of money per month. And we have several different levels of this. Um, if someone just wants to have you know a ten minute conversation and kind of say, here's my business, you know, I'm a, a SaaS app or I'm selling eBooks. Um, how would I use Drip and I'm, how, would I, how should I structure my tagging? If it's a short conversation and it just hops on the phone and it's, since it's stuff we know so well, she's able to, to help guide them. You know, it's kind of a no charge thing, right? You're just kind of helping folks, folks ease along. If folks need, need or want like a more in-depth setup where we actually spend time and kind of architect out some some automation rule flows and we spend an hour on the phone with them and as we're doing that we're actually in their account configuring their account so it's almost like a concierge account setup um, we do charge a small fee for that depending on how complex their setup is and we just having that available both of those kind of the free option and the, and the paid option has made uh, a really big difference for um, especially the people who have the larger list or who, in essence, are going to wind up paying more money, the, the more valuable customers in the, in the truest sense, you know, the monetary sense. Um, they want a little higher level of service, and we found that it's resonated pretty well with those folks. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm curious if you think now that you, like, you spent some time doing that and then you hired someone, do you think it was really important for you as the founder to be in that role before you hired I would say it's it's good if you can do it. Um, I'm actually not the I'm not a good personality to do it. So I did it for a month or two before I realized this is not this is not something that fits my personality. I don't enjoy being on the phone and um, necessarily you know demoing the app or or helping folks get onboarded. I don't know. It's something that it doesn't ignite passion and excitement in me, and it really does in certain people. Um, it, frankly, in Anna, like she is very excited when she's on the phone talking to the people, and she gets off a demo or she gets off helping someone, and she's like, "Man, I just that was so much fun teaching them," you know. And if you find a person like that, I don't, I don't know that you would have to do it as a founder uh, before that if they really do know the app. But like all things, I think having some experience doing them first, even if you're not very good at it, I think is, uh, is invaluable. So you know, you kind of know what the person's dealing with and you know what they're stepping into and you can give at least some guidance as they're, as they're getting started. But in reality, you should be hiring someone who's way better at it than you, right? I mean, I think in every role, I've switched from that. Like five, six years ago, I, was, I tended to be better at any role I was hiring for. And these days, it's the opposite. I'm trying to hire people that are better at me in, in all levels. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's always tough to know when you, you know, when you're ready to hand something off to someone else and um, you kind of get your fingers into things and it's hard to let go, I think, too, sometimes. Yeah, Um, it is. And the other challenge, or, or I won't say challenge, but something that was unexpected is that you might think that hiring a customer success person is just finding someone who can kind of demo the app and maybe knows the feature set. 
But there's almost a high, there's one step higher, one level higher, where the person kind of needs to learn like the architectural thought process of of how you would almost like if you hired a consultant to get you set up on that app, what what would mm-hmm. they do? You know, so it's like it, with marketing automation, there's just certain things you would set up tags in a certain way, and you really need you can't, you can't just know the features of the app. You actually have to know more than that to help someone get onboarded. And I, it, it sounds obvious now that I'm saying it, but I hadn't realized how much knowledge of email marketing and marketing automation that that, that customer success person would actually need in order to, to do it well. So do you treat that customer success role kind of like sales, like in terms of even compensation um, and like kind of rating how successful customers are going through their funnel? You know, we don't have anything... Um, that exotic, like ratings or, uh, I mean, it's, we have a lot of conversations, you know, hearing about people. We do track um, how many demos she gives and how many uh, kind of onboarding sessions and how they turn out if they convert or not. So we do look at the numbers, but um, beyond that, since we are such a small team, I mean, we're five employees and four of us sit here in the same office. It's very much uh, right now, a day-to-day thing. There's no major system aside from kind of an Excel spreadsheet and a Trello board that she has um, that tracks everything. But boy, if you hit scale, I mean, if, if there were mm-hmm. 30 of us, you would, you'd have to have something, you know, because otherwise you're just not going to know what's working and what's not. But at this point, we can, we're doing, we don't need to scale so hard because um, we are all in the same room having conversations about this stuff. And she can literally, you know, right after a demo or right before, look over and talk to, you know, our lead developer and co-founder, you know, or turn to the right and talk to me. And so that's not, that's not going to happen when you have 30 or 40 people. Right. So where would you draw the line between sales and customer success? Like is, are all the, the people she talks to like primed and ready for a demo or like, where does that line get drawn? Yeah, for us, we, I mean, we, don't have, I guess all the leads coming in, we do, we have a lot of, of inbound leads and a lot of people requesting demos. And so there, there isn't much of a line between the two. And I think that early on, that's probably a good approach to take. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think as you scale up, you'll want to separate those two. But um, if you have enough inbound leads where you can meet with most of them and have some type of pre-qualifier, we have the luxury that our pre-qualifier is pretty much subscriber count because that dictates what tier you're in and how much you pay. And, you know, that's kind of how the economics work. If they're going to, if someone's going to pay you $200 a month versus paying you $40 or $50 a month, um, it's obvious that you have to, you know, get the higher end people, um, uh, maybe more service upfront and ongoing. Every app's not going to have as clear cut uh, a single denominator, you know, that kind of moves it up and down. But um, if you're going to do this, you'll, you won't be able to service everyone. You won't be able to demo everyone. You just can't scale it. So you will have to figure out who you can give demos to. And then what we found is having the continuity from sales into customer success has a lot of value because A, there's familiarity you know, with the person, being able to talk to them on the phone again. Um, Anna already knows their story because they've already talked once. And she's, uh, we found that the people that are pretty qualified as they come through the sales process are so much easier to onboard and so much, they, they just get it faster, you know, and, they, and they're more likely to stick around. And so even if, um, you know, we only, even if you can only close X percent of people that you're given that initial demo to, 
anybody that comes through is is better off having seen the demo rather than you, you know you might think there's this thing maybe in the SaaS world or in the startup space of like boy if I could just get a bunch of people to sign up without ever having to give them demos I would be better off but what we're finding is the more people we can give demos to the more likely they are to get onboarded the more likely they are to stick around their churn is lower you know it's just across mm-hmm. the board the metrics are better so it's yeah. actually been a, a kind of of a motivator for us to, to to demo to more people rather than fewer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think there is a way to scale it to a degree. Um, you know, it's, it's d- depending on your numbers, it can be tough to talk to everybody, but um, I think there's a way to have a little more high touch than the typical self-serve SaaS that we've kind of gotten used to. That's right. There's a middle ground between completely self-serve SaaS and let's say signing up for like Salesforce, you know, mm-hmm. or some big thing like that where you, you pretty much require to talk to somebody on the phone and they assess and you figure out how to, you know, how much you can pay and all that. Yeah. And that's where I think our, you know, uh, both Drip and, you know, you guys with Turnbuster and just kind of our level of, of app has a huge advantage. Like we have this, this fast mover advantage because we are so small and agile and our bigger competitors might be able to, to offer more or to have... Um, more salespeople involved, but they just, they don't quite have, uh, I think, the ability to, to do the in-between, that, this hybrid mm-hmm. model that we're talking about. So do you have touch points like one month, three months, six months after someone's a customer where you maybe evaluate how successful they are with the product based on, you know, how many campaigns they're running or whatever metric you look at, and then kind of circle back and, and start a new conversation with them? You know, that's actually something we're, we're just implementing now. It's kind of on my Trello board to figure out how to, how to get there. Um, Anna's been with us about six months, and she, I feel like we have our, the front end of the funnel, and like we've just talked about the sales and the trialing, and then even the first month or two, there still winds up being some contact, but we don't have a formal process past that. And I think that I've, I've heard of folks doing this, and I think that's something that I'd like to do and to be able to identify, um, you know, which metrics are working for people and uh, implement something. So what would that look like for you? Well, I mean, I think we could do it one of two ways. We could segment folks out into, you know, the really high-paying customers and, and do those manually and literally, like, get a get an email in our inbox because drip can kind of track this right we use drip for drip and drip could say hey after someone's been in there for you know 90 days drop me an email that says to ping this person you know it's almost like it's a crm or something or drop an email and create a manual um, email and, and touch base and then everyone else who's maybe below a certain you know uh, price point or, or pricing tier do an automated uh, touch point. And I don't know if that, I would probably have to test to see, figure out how different that would look. Uh, maybe we would just automate everybody's. Um, but it would, I think it would, it would look to see, um, I don't know if it's a, if it's a how you're doing email and it would probably, it would need to look at a custom field of like how many campaigns do they have active or how many broadcast sends have they done? You know, there'd need to be some metric that's, that this is driving off of because if the right. person, I think if the person's going full bore, then you don't want to, you don't want to sit there and touch base with everybody, right? You got to have some metric and that, that would be, it's like you said, it would be either active campaigns, the number of active campaigns they have or the number of broadcasts they've sent, number of subscribers in the system, some, some metric that we would focus on in order to, to segment. Right. Yeah. And it's hard to do. And I think our, our tendency too is not to reach out and talk to people out of fear that you might be, uh, you know, looking under the, the wrong rock. But, uh, 
I actually think, you know, the opposite is true that, you know, you may find some people that cancel, but if you weren't helping them, they shouldn't be a customer anyway. That's right. Um, but there is this fear of reaching out to someone that you haven't spoken with in six months and, and checking in if they're still happy with your service. Yeah. You know, in a, in a good way, we wind up interacting with a lot of our customers via uh, support. So they'll email, email in with a question. Um, we have like a weekly newsletter where we, uh, and most of our customers are subscribed to it. Where we're either sending educational content. Um, every month we send out all the features we've released and a lot, I mean, this isn't just stuff we're kind of blasting out. We get a bunch of replies to those. And so a lot of our customers that are more involved are, they're really aware. We, I feel like I have a decent pulse on, you know, maybe our, our, 30, 40, 50 largest customers, I actually have a pretty good idea what they're up to. And um, I guess it's the ones that maybe are less active that is where I need to start digging in right after that three to six months mark. So as you've been putting in more effort into kind of this more hands-on onboarding process, have you seen your growth due to word of mouth change? Yeah, we've seen it. I mean, it's hard to track, right? But we've definitely seen that the more people we've been able to to guide in and offer this, you know, what five years ago I wouldn't have wanted to do because it feels too high touch. Mm-hmm. But what we found that it it isn't just getting someone involved; it's getting them involved, getting them onboarded with this experience that makes them so excited that they wind up going and telling people. And they either do it on Twitter, they do it through their blog, their podcast, or um, even one-on-one. We'll see people come in, and their their "How did you hear about us?" is a customer that we onboarded last month. So it is definitely, as far as I can track it, it has definitely impacted word of mouth. Um, and it's also just impacted the number of, I think I said it already, but the larger customers who wind up signing up and getting onboarded. There's just an absolute you know, impact there. And then in addition, I think there's more virality with it. So were you having larger customers sign up before and just not make it through the trial? Or are they hearing about you now because you're growing and they're also sticking? I think, I remember... Um, you know, in the life of a startup, it's even just thinking nine months ago, it's so hard to remember how <laughs> things were. But I remember larger clients signing up and wanting more, you know, handholding or, or one-on-one, even just these, these small demos and the, and the small guidance more than I could give. And they overall wouldn't convert. And it was because they wanted some type of, you know, again, it isn't that much, but we found that it makes, makes quite a bit of a difference. So I do think that, that it's both of what you said, like folks would wander off if you weren't able to help them. And, um, it's, it's not a great experience. You know, if you're going to bring, if you're going to sign up for an app and you're going to bring a hundred thousand subscribers over, even just having a 15 minute conversation with someone in a demo, you might never need any help after that, but just the fact that they're able to do it, 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 gives you mm-hmm. something, right? It shows you that these people care. And it, especially if, if the person giving that demo is smart and knows what she's talking about and is super helpful on the phone, suddenly there's now, you've gone from dealing with a company, you know, kind of more of a nameless, faceless thing, to, oh, there's this person here. Mm-hmm. And that relationship, um, I, I think, has, a, you know, has an impact. And then, as you said, the more larger lists we've gotten on, then those people talk to other people with larger lists. And so it is naturally, a, there's a viral component to it. Right. 
Yeah, and it, and it just sets the whole tone of their entire experience with you having that first call. Exactly. That's right. And then from then on, if they're, you know, if something does go wrong or they're confused, they're not mad at this faceless software company. They think about, oh, I spoke with Rob or I spoke with Anna. And so we don't tend to get, mm-hmm. you know, the angry email of why doesn't this work? Or, you know, I don't understand how this works. You don't, it's a lot less when someone knows who you are. Yep, absolutely. Um, so going back to Anna, walk me through what her day looks like. Anna helps out on a, a number of fronts. Originally, she was split pretty evenly, and we didn't know. I mean, I, when when she came on board, we said, you know, you're going to do customer success and growth, like help with marketing in essence. And so she was doing, she was wearing several hats all at once. And as the months progressed, we saw that A, she's exceptional on the phone and enjoys giving the demos and enjoys getting people on board, enjoys helping them. And so we started shifting more of her time towards doing that. And so in a, in a given day, um, Anna might do, you know, f- I don't know, four, five, six, either short demos or short onboarding sessions um, with, you know, pre-trial or, or trial customers or sometimes even, even customers who've been around for a while. And then other times she's, you know, updating a KB doc, knowledge base docs that she's realized weren't up to par during a conversation that she had with someone. You know, that she had referred them and, and they said, oh, that, that wasn't that helpful. So she's updating that. She also manages the blog. She's essentially the blog editor. So mm-hmm. She keeps that stuff going, does social sharing. That's kind of still the growth part of it. Um, and she does help. You know, we're doing, we gave away some uh, emails, beginner guide to email marketing ebooks a few weeks ago. She headed all that up. So kind of the experiment stuff she helps with as well. So it's a mix for her of growth uh, and customer success. And I do lump essentially sales. I mean, it's inbound sales. She's not mm-hmm. like, you know, making cold calls or anything like that. But these demo, these pre-sale demos are, are included in all that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's, it's really been a, been a good shift for us for sure. So how do you see that scaling out? You mentioned before that um, you were always hesitant because it's kind of daunting, but I can I can see ways to kind of scale this out. I'm curious how you foresee kind of a team, a customer success team growing. For sure. Yeah, I could see, I mean, I think as we get more volume, because the volume increases every month, of course, and I've slowly taken on more and more from her on the growth side um, so that she can do more of the customer success stuff. And I'm now in the process, I actually just made a job offer to, to someone to help um, more with growth so that we can take most of that off of Anna's plate, whatever she doesn't want to continue to participate in uh, on that side. And so she can then scale that up. In addition, obviously we can hire a second person and they, you know, Anna would, could train them and, and they could either handle different market segments or they could handle just different levels, you know, of, of subscribers. But I also see another way to scale it in a short term because sometimes hiring takes a while and it's when people request demos if you segment them up front so on the demo request form if you ask how many subscribers they have or you ask you know how many proposals they create each month or whatever you can segment them right there and we have a rule in drip that basically um if they're below a certain point then they get an immediate pre-recorded demo 
right? So they, they get drip decides. It basically says, oh, if they're less than X, here's an email, here's your demo that you requested. And it's basically Anna doing a demo, but it's pre-recorded. And we could dial that up at any time if we suddenly got a major influx of people, right? So that more people get the pre-recorded. We know that the gold standard is talking one-on-one with a human, but if, if we run into short-term scaling things, that's the dial that we would dial up and down immediately. And then the longer-term fix, of course, would be just to hire that second person. That makes a lot of sense. So uh, the growth person that you're bringing on, what kind of uh, efforts are you planning on doing in, in 2016 there? Like what channels do you see being your primary opportunities? And we got, we have a lot cooking for 2016. Uh, we have some we have a pretty big feature launch, uh, looking like it's going to be January, and it's essentially the biggest thing we've done since we started doing automation. So it's kind of that you know once a year, once every two year impact. And it's a really big uh, feature, and so that'll be something that we'll be trying to get together. You know, there's so there's emails to be sent, and there's um, copy to be written, and there's all kinds of efforts around that. In terms of of growth, there's. I want to expand our, our content marketing efforts. Um, we've been doing a bit on Medium these days, t- testing the waters there. And then there are a bunch of, there's so many kind of growth hacks. I realize that has a negative connotation with some people, but it's just strategies, it's like tactics that people are using. And the kind of the growth person that I'm talking to has a list of, of things that they want to try. F- to be honest, like retargeting is always, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I would say is always, but it's, it's, it's a good one. And, and retargeting is becoming more sophisticated. Um, we're going to be toying around with some, running some tests with that. And then doing, you know, we do a lot of ongoing stuff where we're building the flywheel, of course, but then there's also the once a month, once every six week experiments, like giving away the, the email marketing ebook or we're launching a, um, a video course. Uh, actually, by the time this goes live, it should be out. It's a video course on email marketing from uh, Patrick McKenzie, where I interview him. And we're basically giving it away for free for the first week. And then, you know, after that, it'll cost, I think, like $49. Um, so that kind of stuff we really enjoy doing because it, A, it helps helps folks. It helps spread the word and, the, you know, the gospel of email marketing. Um, and it also helps essentially build the list and becomes a little bit of a, of a marketing channel. Man, you've got a big 2016 coming with with everything you just listed, plus uh, your podcast or your multiple podcasts and microconf. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> and frankly, I've pared it down. You know, I just uh, sold uh, my other SaaS app, Hittail, and that that feels good. So it feels like I'm really focused, even though everything you've rattled off sounds like a, <laughs> that sounds like a lot of stuff. But you know, we have enough in place in terms of help that help us run the conference and edit the podcast. So I, I kind of just show up, you know, for a lot of the stuff these days. So we're at the end of the year here. I'm curious, what are you most proud of, uh, this year in 2015 and what are you most excited for next year? That's a really good question. I'm actually about to go on my kind of my personal slash, you know, business retreat where I, where I do this exact exercise and I reflect on everything um, but off the off the top of my head, I'm I'm really proud that we that we being drip the f- the five of us have been able to grow uh, like we have been and only be five people like we you know what I'm saying like to be able to scale mm-hmm. um, I I thought we would have to hire faster and I thought 
I didn't know how fast we'd have to hire, I guess, because this is all new territory for me. You know, I've never done this, this start the, the real company with actual employees. And I'm pretty proud that we've gotten to where we are with only five people. We're hiring two more here in the next few weeks, but um, it's, it's just a good team, you know, and we, we are more efficient, I think, than a lot of the larger startups that are hiring really quickly. We've been pretty picky about it, and we've also been, um, we've hired slow. And I think that helps people settle in and not, we don't have a bunch of folks who are in the first 30 days, you know, uh, of employment trying to manage things because I think that just communication and it becomes less efficient. So mm-hmm. there's some reasons for that. But anyways, I, that's what I'm proud of is that, that our team has been able to to pull this off. And then in terms of looking forward to 2016, I really am excited about launching this stuff in January, the new big feature, um, and having just a clean, kind of a cleaner slate to start from in terms of I don't have this other SaaS app and I'm just I'm so all in on Drip, and I'm really excited to, you know, to to double it again or more in uh, in 2016. That's awesome. So, Rob, tell everyone where they can keep up with you and Drip online. Absolutely. So, if you know, if you listen to podcasts, obviously you're listening to this one. I talk about pretty similar stuff over at startupsfortherestofus.com and Zen Founder. Those are my two podcasts. Uh, one I do with my wife, who is a psychologist, and we talk about kind of the mental side and uh, the psychological aspects of being a founder. And the other one, we talk a lot about tactics and tools and tips and that kind of stuff. It's probably the best place to reach me on a, uh, on a weekly basis. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming back. It was my pleasure. I had a great time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocketship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today. 